Have you ever heard of Dungeons and Dragons? Sounds geeky, right? Dungeons and Dragons, or D&D, is in no way limited to exploring dungeons or slaying dragons. It's like collaborative storytelling, where the story is constantly evolving from the actions and additions of different people. Think of it like building a house, where the builders are given a setting to build upon. They use their own personal skills and attributes in order to construct the house however they please, but there are still logical limitations that apply. And the idea of one builder may not align with the ideas of another. The end product develops into a comprehensive model representing each builder's own style or fantasies for what they wanted. D&D is simply that, a group of individuals expressing themselves and solving problems, but through roleplay. Something that may make players new to the game a little uncomfortable is the idea of playing pretend. However, D&D can be so much more than that. D&D can be so much more than just a game to those who are willing to set aside their social stigma about the game. Players often find themselves learning new things about both their fellow adventurers and themselves in the fantasy world and the real one. D&D has a way of giving power to the powerless, a voice to the voiceless, all while giving a judgment-free and disposable platform to do it on. Due to the collaborative storytelling nature of the game, players may notice themselves working together subconsciously in order to contribute to the beauty of the story. Before we can really understand what Dungeons and Dragons can do for a community, we have to understand what Dungeons and Dragons is. Dungeons and Dragons is a role-playing game produced and distributed by Wizards of the Coast. It was originally made in 1974 by famous tabletop game creator Gary Gygax. Uh, it was a lot different then than it is now and it has gone through five different iterations, called editions. The way Dungeons & Dragons is played is a lot different than most games. You can't just choose from a set of defined actions and do that each round. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want. All you have to do is ask the person in charge of the game, known as the Dungeon Master. We have with us a professional dungeon master, Chris Todd. This isn't his full career, as he's a special educator, but he sells his services as a dungeon master to businesses and private parties. But I feel he has an interesting story to relay about the importance of D&D and its uses for more than just being a game. All right, first question. Uh, what got you involved with D&D? Well, um, my, uh, my friends in high school at Kellogg years ago, 20 plus years ago, um, they played D&D in high school. And I never really got into it with them there. I just I didn't know anything about it. And so when I, got, when I graduated college, I came back home from Pennsylvania. And um, you know, I, I had no... I, I had my own apartment, I didn't have any family here, so I went and hang out, hung out with them, and they started playing this game and going, what are you guys doing with dice and talking in voices and stuff? And I'm like, I just sat down and played one time, and I was hooked. So it was really, I was probably about 21, 22, and just after college, I got into it heavily. Mm -hmm. what, do you, um, what do you think the hardest part as a new player was for you to get over? Back then, yeah. um, back then it wasn't it wasn't popular. It wasn't in um, it was not in uh, the know right then. It wasn't um, 
mainstream. It had nothing, there was nothing, you know, it was kind of almost a dead thing, and we played an older edition. So to me it was, I'm a, uh, I just started teaching, I don't have a lot of money, I can't go out and do things, so I'm gonna stay home with my friends, and instead of playing video games, we're gonna play D&D. So the hardest part was, back then, learning the mechanics of the game because it was an older edition, mm -hmm. and the rules were very wonky, very different than it is now. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, uh, we, we didn't have, well, an armor class, you had to roll to hit a FACO, which is, armor classes have negative numbers. Oh. 10, is, 10 is lowest, negative 10 is the highest armor class. It was very strange back then. So then third edition, fourth edition, fifth edition, really, Change that fifth edition being the most successful so far um, in bringing DD to Main Street now. Mm -hmm. So that's that was the is that that's the first question, right? Yeah. All right. And then in uh, Virginia Beach, we have a program called the STEP program. It's um, I forget what the acronym stands for, but it is working with students who have severe uh, enough emotional disabilities that they need a permanent school psychologist in the classroom. And they're geared to work on their behavior so they can integrate them back into regular education. So um, over the summer, I taught them, for summer school, I taught doing the STEP program in summer school. And in the past, I substituted for the, the former teacher. Well, that person moved on to transportation is no longer a teacher. And the position was open in the summer. And I said, I want to teach, but I want to bring this game to the table, and I want to focus on the students in the room role-playing characters and working on their social skills doing it. So every kid in that room knew how to trigger the other one to make them upset and make them pissed off and, and angry, or if they made a side comment about someone's parent, well, that you knew that someone was gonna pick up and throw a chair across the room. And everyone knows how to do that. And sometimes the kids just like to poke, right? This summer, we didn't have one outburst, one fight, one chair thrown. They, they came here on a field trip, and we sat down, they painted their own miniatures. Um, it was amazing. And eventually, they started like getting on the phone and messaging each other about what are they gonna do in the next game. And so it was very effective because um, some of those kids are also um, um, autistic. And so the, on the autistic spectrum, it, they have a hard time relating with other people. They, they live in their own little world, and they, they're happy as the day is long to sit and, and do whatever they want to do by themselves, locked away in their own brain. And so for them to sit down at a table and talk about things, even if it's a game, it is teaching them how to interact with the world around them, and that's what I facilitate at the table. Um, so for me, um, I'm teaching a seventh class now. Um, it's only two out of, two classes every five, or every two weeks. So it's um, a day. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm -hmm. um, and the kids that are in that class have social emotional needs and some of them are autistic. And so when I write their flaws and their their uh, their character traits, their personality traits and things like that, I work on the, I add the things that we want them to work on. So if I have a kid who's always impulsive and never stops and thinks, then his personality trait is I evaluate everything from all angles before I make a decision. And it's amazing because the kid would normally just jump in, I'm gonna go attack this guy. Well, let's look at your personality trait. And he goes, oh, okay, that's my trait. And then for the rest of the session, he sits there and says, hold on a second, what if we snuck around and did this? Or hold on a second, what if we talk to them? And he sits and thinks about what he's doing before he acts rash because the game told him to. That's incredible. Right? Um, if we have somebody who, uh, who always, um, um, 
he's a solo person. He wants to do everything, and no one is good enough to be his friend, or um, he doesn't like people. And suddenly, you make him the person who helps everyone. They take on that role in combat too, and they or they, um, you know, I'll set up a scenario where like maybe uh, one of the bad guys is picking on some kid, right? And so that character learns empathy through his ideals of no one should be bullied. Says the says the bully who that's his whole role in his life has been a bully but now I flip it he's the person that protects the bullies in the game he learns how to not be a bully mm-hmm. um, and with time you know in practice that comes out in the real world he learns through positive reaction reaction or reinforcement if I do these nice things for people in the game good things happen to me and my other players back me up so if I do that in the real world it's going People, I, I run a club. I have a tabletop gamers guild at my school. I started about five years ago. Um, and my club is the only club in the building um, that I'm not a coach, but I get paid a stipend because I have so many students in the club. And I have academy kids, I've got honors kids, I've got special ed kids, I've got general ed kids, and they all come in together and they all sit down together and they all play games. Mostly D&D, but I have a bunch of Magic the Gathering, Star Wars games. Um, but they sit down because they feel comfortable. They can be themselves, but they can also play someone else there and they're not judged, they're not joked, um, because you know the the outcasts are actually the biggest majority, or biggest, uh, they're the majority of the school. If you think about it, everybody, not everyone, is in a club or in a team or you know in, in does events. If you look, the vast majority of the school kids don't have extracurriculars. They don't do other things. So I cater to everybody that fits in that category, and it's really powerful because in the past no one. Had had done that. They they had nowhere to go. They want to go home, but they didn't want to stay at school. It worked. This is my business card. It's my website and my email. If you guys have questions, um, please contact me. Yeah. Do you normally play rogue? I do. I do. Um, or I want to be in in my life. I would love to be the rogue, but I realize that I'm the paladin, and I don't like it. Like I, through through how I interact with people, like I'm always like, hey guys, you can stop running around doing that stuff. So it's Hurt. I'm going, why am I doing this? Okay. I'm, I don't want to be the paladin, but I'm the paladin. But, um, you should try playing the paladin one time. A paladin? Yeah. I could try. Huh? Yeah. Um, so, if you don't have to, you don't want to. Dungeons and Dragons is not just a game, it's a tool. A tool for character development, stress relief, and overcoming other different social difficulties. In our case, DD brought new friends together and old ones closer. In other cases, like Mr. Todd's case, it can be used to benefit those in need by encouraging kids to acknowledge their flaws so that they can work on them. So coming to the end of our podcast, we leave you with this. Before dismissing D&D as a game for geeks, try to consider all of the benefits that the game has to offer. And you might find that you enjoy it just as much as we do.